Hey guys, this is What Mean. I'm Alex. I'm Amanda. And this has been so long since we recorded the last episode. When did we record the last one for Spiritway? Was it like September of last year? Yeah, but I thought we weren't going to mention that. Well, I did. So anyway, um, got, go ahead. Okay, this is going to be the second installment of Miyazaki Month, and it will be we're going to be talking about Hal's Moving Castle, which I am awfully partial to because. I have never kinned a character more than I can Hal Pendragon, like I am Hal Pendragon. I was about to say it's plain Ken, but I think you did that pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, so I haven't actually, like, other than that recent Bat the Batman, like, spoiler-free review and something else that I did recently with Trip, it was the tangential exchange. I haven't really recorded an episode recently, so we're going to see how this goes, so... Um, like I said before, you're going to kind of lead this one since you're more knowledgeable on it. I read the book a long time ago, like in seventh or eighth grade, and I, you are much more a bigger fan of this than I am. I like the movie. I wouldn't say I love it. I like parts of it a lot. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, um, I would say most of my top five favorite movies, um, with the exception of The Breakfast Club, are actually Miyazaki films. So, um, yeah, but it's in my top five. So it's in my top four favorite Miyazaki movies. Do you want to explain, like, differences, or do you not um, want to get into that? We can just start talking about what you like, what you don't like, and then I can compare it to the book as we go. So I actually like, so I like them both as separate entity, entities. I think I prefer the book version just because it is a little more um, plot and character driven, whereas I feel like most Miyazaki fil films, with the exception of, like, two are very much aesthetically driven and I'm not very I'm not like a very visual person um yeah so. so is that like a negative for you for those movies or does it really not bother you much I mean it just is what it is I don't I don't really think about it too much but I would still rather watch an aesthetically driven like film much more than an action film because action films are boring yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I know that about you. And, like, for me, um, I noticed that with this. Like, I think even while we were watching it, I made a point to be, like, I feel like this is much more... I wouldn't really call it a hangout movie because that's not really what it is. It's just more, like, things just kind of flow. But it's never really boring. Like, I would never call it boring. It's just, like, you know, scenes kind of flow into the next one. And it's not necessarily like this happens and this happens. It's much more like things happen and like you're just following the characters kind of thing. It feels like reading stream of consciousness prose. Yeah, and go ahead. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. It's like when you're watching this movie, it's like you're reading something in prose that is like stream of consciousness. And so everything is just continuous and there's never like any big like choppy breaks or anything. There's never any big moments of comic relief because you don't need that because it's just very flowy. It's like like tubing down a river. River. Words hard. English can't. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. I think that Mizaki took a lot of liberties when adapting the book, obviously. But there are also some parts of this that I like more. Um... Which we can get into as we, like, go through it. Like, I would think that basically, like, um, with it, like, one of the things that the, um, 
that the writer said is that like the characters are more like what what was the word like um so the writer of the novel i cannot remember her name for the life of me anyway she um said that miyazaki gave them more dignity that's it yeah because in the book, they are way less dignified. They're way less noble. They're... Hal is a dandy. He is just this shallow, vapid dandy who is a coward, runs from everything. And he's never really redeemed of that. And I kind of like that because while this, like, the movie shows a lot of, like, growth, I think... Because Hal's 28. And I don't think that's ever addressed in the movie. Um, but Hal is 28 years old. And at the age of 28, I'm not saying you can't change or that if you're a coward, you can't stop being a coward. But, like, it's so unlikely. Even love. It's, like, it's unlikely to change who you are at the core at the age of 28 years old. It's It would be very difficult considering by the time you're 28, you're usually not done growing. But, you know, you're not... You're not growing as much. Yeah, I would say, like, just speaking on, like, the differences, I think the one thing, and I even pointed out when we were watching it, like, the scenes where it kind of sticks closer to the book a little bit, especially with his character, almost felt, like, out of character for me. Like, when he's freaking out about his hair and everything, like, that almost felt out of character. Because so far, I wouldn't say, like, he's 100%, like, heroic or anything. But I would say, like, it just felt out of place to me. Well, he is also very aloof in the book. So he doesn't get attached to people. Um, he kind of keeps people at an arm's length. Which is, you can tell in the movie. I, I don't know. But I, I do agree that him freaking out, like, because it doesn't focus as much on him being so, like, vain, um, as it does in the book. Like, you're very much aware that Hal is vain in the book, and it's made very certain, and, um, it's all from Sophie's perspective, too, and so when you're hearing about Hal and her descriptions of him, it's about him, you know, he's beautiful, but, like, also, she describes how fine his clothing is and how, you know, how particular he is about his appearance. And it's not really addressed in the book. I mean, he's got those beautiful coats, but... You mean the movie? Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, so in the movie, he, you know, he wears those beautiful coats and stuff, but it's not addressed that, um, you know, that he is, in fact, like, super... Oh, wait, like, wants everybody to think he's beautiful and is always, you know, trying to date different girls. And as soon as he gets a girl, he doesn't want the girl. You know, it's, it's not demonstrated. It's also not demonstrated that he was, like, you know, out courting people but not using his real name. I do like that it does address that he has multiple aliases in the, uh, in the movie because in the book, he goes by so many different names. Yeah, and also, like, in the book versus, like, well, you know this, like, a book versus a movie, they have a lot more time in, like, real estate to basically <laughs> have, like, little details like that and stuff. A movie has to be much more focused, I feel like, because they have a lot more limited screen time to do certain things. That's true. I'm... Uh, would you consider me a purist? 
when it comes to adaptations? I feel like you used to be a lot more. I feel like recently, I wouldn't say you've calmed down, but I feel like with certain things, it's like you kind of just like have accepted it a little bit more that things are different. I just think that if you're going to adapt a novel, either make a four hour long movie, pull a Lord of the Rings, or make a miniseries because you can do a lot more with a miniseries. And I think that in media, specifically written media, um, you are able to add a lot more detail. And I think that that's what really makes a story. Um, but obviously, like I said, this is a super loose adaptation um, of the book. Um, because in like themes of the movie, you would obviously look at like horrors of war, which is barely touched on in the book. I think they mentioned that they're in a war like twice. But yeah, you know Miyazaki, and you know that's one of his like big things. So he's like, "Oh, a war," you say, and then like he, he expanded it to be like one of the main focuses. Which you know, like fair enough. That's one of the big like things that he likes to discuss in his movies. So you know. What other themes would you say were addressed in the movie? Um, maybe like I wouldn't say necessarily like nationalism, but like something like that. Like, whenever he, like, turns himself, or, like, he's talking about, like, the the evils of war and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of nationalism in there. I like, guess so. with the wizards that turn themselves into, like, monsters and stuff for the king. Okay, yeah, like, selling your soul to a nation. Um, I, I can see that. And those aren't addressed very much at all in the book. Um... The book would be much more about defying fate um, or making your own fate. Um, and then I think it's like an exploration of personal growth um, and like young adulthood. And there's also sequels too. So that's the other thing, right? Yeah, you didn't know that until I told you while we were watching the movie. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, there are two. Um, I always forget their names. <laughs> It's okay. Um, we'll put, is, like, it in the notes oh, or God, something. What is, like, um, something? It's, like, Castle in the Sky or... No, Castle in the Sky is this other movie, right? Yeah, or um, Castle in the... Castle in the Air. There you go. I was about to say, Castle in the Sky is the one I really like and the one that you're not too crazy yeah. about. Castle in the Air. Um, and... Um, oh, they made a movie of that? Sorry, she's looking it up. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but it's not like a... I don't remember the name of the other one. But yeah. So, I think that the movie is much more... I'm not going to say much more... It's like more of a straightforward love story, too, as opposed to the book. Where in the book, I when I was originally reading it... So, I've read it like three times. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I read it once at the beach, and then I read it again just for funsies, and then I read it in February for my book club. Hmm. Um... But the first time I was reading it, I was really frustrated because I was like, why do they hate each other? Um, because in the book, there's a lot more, like, tension and butting heads um, than there is in the movie. And Hal's kind of a lot colder to her in the book than he is in the movie. And I actually like it a lot more, like, in retrospect. Really? Yeah. But I like that trope. I like that, like, not, like, enemies to friends to lovers. You know. Yeah. Uh, would you say the, and I don't know if you have anything prepared for this, but would you say, like, The Witch of the Waste is very different in the book versus the movie? Oh, hell yeah. 
yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna spoil the book for you guys. So if you don't want to hear me spoil the it's book, it's from the '80s, guys. Like if you haven't read it yet, you're probably not going to. But anyway. 1986 but yeah so anyway the witch of the waste lives in freaking wales because hal is from wales hal is from like 1980 something wales he's welsh um and the black door in the book leads to wales where his sister and her family live and it's like hal's hometown and the witch of the waste lives there as like a teacher um and She's actually, like, she gave her heart to the, to a demon, the same way Hal gave his heart to Calcifer, and then the demon consumed her heart, and so it's just the demon, and no longer, like, the actual person who was the witch. So the demon's, like, possessing her, basically? Basically, and she wants to do the same thing to Hal to get the power. And it's so freaking good! And, like, Turniphead is actually two different people, because Solomon is missing, and so the king wanted Hal to find Solomon. Solomon! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. And so Solomon in the movie is a combination of um, Solomon and Hal's teacher, um, Mrs. Um, Pinstemon. Oh, it's uh, different in the yeah. book? Yeah. And so Hal's teacher is actually, like, friends with Sophie's mother in the book. And um, training Sophie's sister. Because Sophie has two sisters in the book. Letty and Martha and Martha is pretending to be Letty and um she is uh interning at the little bakery so the Letty that we see in the movie assuming that Sophie still has two sisters would actually be Martha who is the youngest sister Letty's the middle sister because apparently the oldest of three is destined to never amount to anything and so Sophie was destined to not amount to anything when she ends up being the super powerful witch and having a hot boyfriend like goals what what but also like i thought it was interesting because like like i feel like whenever you told me she had like magic powers i, I, I was i'm not surprised because like miyazaki changed a lot of it and i feel like he kind of wanted to tell his own story but i'm surprised like at least part of that wasn't incorporated but maybe like i don't know well so and also like her spell is addressed a lot more in in the book and the reason was, like, she's the only one who had to, have to break her own spell. She had to see herself as beautiful to break the spell. As, like, you know. And she doesn't. And so, because she doesn't see herself as young or beautiful or worthwhile, she's cursed. And so Hal, in the book, eventually just decided that she was happy being an old lady and didn't push it. Which I think is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um... But no, I do like that in the movie, you see that Hal knows from like really early on, like when he peeks back and he looks at her sleeping and she is herself. Um, it's really nice. I also think that by leaving out the fact in the movie that her mother is her stepmother and not her actual mother. And so there's a little bit of like tension there and that her mother is... Oh, Disney trope. Yeah. But like that her mother is exploiting her in the hat shop by not paying her for her internship um it, it just i don't know there's a lot more tension and like her mother's a lot skeevier i think in the book um she's pretty skeevy in the movie too but yeah she sucks but you know it's just so much so many things but yeah no leaving out the fact that sophie had magic powers just kind of really bothers me because sophie was a witch and sophie enchanted the clothing and at one point, Hal could not wear one of his suits that Sophie had mended for him because he just attracted everybody. Because 
Sophie would talk to the clothes and like to the hats and stuff that she was making them. And she'd be like, oh, well, you're this and everything's going to go like this. And then it would happen. She could speak things into existence. So when she was putting Hal's heart back, it made sense about her saying that Hal was going to be fine and Calcifer was going to be fine because she was using her magic to make that so. Oh, and it's just, yes. However, things I love about the movie, aesthetically, it's just so pretty and it's so relaxing and the score is beautiful and Christian Bale's voice is so perfect. American Bruce Wayne voice that he also Was it fuck Bruce Wayne? We don't, we, don't care. we don't care about Bruce Wayne in this household. I do. <laughs> Let me phrase that. We don't care about Christian Bell's Bruce Wayne in this household. I do. George Clooney for the win. For you. <laughs> like, it's not, it doesn't go for everybody. Anyway, um, like one of the other things I like, too, going back to, like, whenever she does turn young is, like, I feel like not all the time, but, like, one of my favorite scenes is when she's, like, defending Hal and, like, she goes young. For a second, would you think that has to deal with, like, whenever she's feeling positive emotions or something, she gets younger? Or do you think there's any correlation between anything with that? I think a lot had to do with her being in love and the fact that she's in love. It was, like, de-aging her because she feels noticed by how, like, recognized as a person. Yes. Yes. Um, and like I said, and that's part of the dignity that I feel like you don't really get to see in the book because they don't have it in the book. Are they awful people in the book? I mean, not awful, but, like... You know the very worst parts of me when I'm, like, vain and shallow and whiny? I don't know what you're talking about. You can... There are all great parts to you. (laughs) Alex, when I'm vain and shallow and whiny and I'm demanding attention... I know when you're whiny. I don't know about vain and shallow. Anyway. Yeah, so, like, the word Like, Hal is the worst parts of me. And I love it. I think you're closer to movie hell than you are to book hell. No. You just have a very positive self image. That's not what we're here to talk about anyway. Listen, I was talking to Brandon and Tiffany and Callista. Why do you look at me like that? We're we're trying to do a review. I know, I know. Okay, this relates. It does. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. I was talking to Brandon I was talking to some of my friends about the book. And I told them I was Hal. And they're like, Yeah, I could see that. And I was like, it's the, it's it's the attention thing, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. It's it's the always wanting attention. Mm. I'm like, fair. But anyway, um. Because Hal is an attention whore. Is Calcifer radically different, or is he about the same? I feel like he's. I don't know. I. Not that it's been a long time since I've read the book, but my memory sucks. Um. So I'm trying to remember what he's like. I think, I think he's similar, but I think, but Calcifer is a little like harsher, which is fine. Seems like a lot of the characters in that book, from what you've told me, are harsher in the book versus the movie. Yeah, I like. Um, I think that I very much like the movie characters more, like as people and that like you know if I had to spend time with them I would rather spend time with the movie counterparts as opposed to the book counterparts they're more pleasant because (laughs) I don't know how people spend time with me and I am book hell like I want to slap myself in the face 
Anyway, Quite back often. to the back to the movie. Um. Anyway, back to the movie. I think the scene where she turns young when talking to Solomon again, like demonstrates, like, her feeling positive emotions about herself. Um. Especially because she's seeing it through Hal's eyes. I think Hal rescuing them is beautiful. I. I do like the scene of him swallowing the star because I don't think that's in the book. It seems very Miyazaki, so I wouldn't be surprised if he made that up. I think it's really pretty, like the way that like it's demonstrated. Uh, you know my favorite part because I squealed about it when it happened, and it happened. It's... I've been looking all over for you. Yeah, but before, so if you ever watch the movie more than once, you'll notice that when she's falling after House Wallowed the Star, like as a child. And she looks at the past Hal and she's like, find me in the future. I finally know how to help you. And then the first thing he says to her is... I've been looking all over for you. <laughs> and I'm just, it's so beautiful because it makes sense because he recognized Sophie and he was like, oh, that's the girl. That's the girl. And he, he'd been looking all over for her. But he also saved her from those like creepy men, which... Yeah, that was so uncomfortable. But yeah, I assumed everybody has watched this. So whenever we go into details and stuff, you haven't definitely watched this. Um, and also, I guess like one of the last the uh, revelations we had is that um, who plays like Markle, Josh Hutchinson. Yes. Also, Markle is not in the book. Really? Yeah. So his name is Michael in the book, and he's like fifteen, and he is courting one of. Sophie's sisters, while Hal was courting the other one. Do you think that was like a, not a translation issue, but you, I would really like to know why, like, they changed the name. Well, in the, um, so they changed the name of the Japanese version, like, Hal is not Hal, I think it's Haru in the Japanese version. Interesting. Yeah, which would make a similar, um, sound, because a lot of the times in Japan, like, um, R's and L's. Um, makes similar sounds like so if you like Kira, yeah. Hmm. Um, and so you know. But yeah, that was kind of cool that Peta plays like Markle or whatever. Like I didn't realize he kind of sounded like Ang from <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender, weirdly. Yeah, and so we were watching it tonight. Um, I don't think we were paying like too close attention. I've seen it so many um, times because. I've watched it numerous times, and I know I've made him watch it quite often. Um, it's kind of a comfort movie for me. It's one of those things where, like, if I watch it, I'm going to have a good night. Um, and and so, like, we would pause and, like, go and do other things. Um, or I would Google stuff because he had questions. And, yeah, it's nice. I do want to address the hair thing, though. Specifically, like, the scene where he's, like, melting down about his hair. Um, because I, like you said, it seemed out of character, even though it's one of the most, um, direct book, from the book. Book how actions, basically. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's funny, though, because it's, his reactions in that scene versus when Sophie visits his room are kind of different. Because in the book, Hal doesn't really want Sophie in his room. Um. But I just think it's hilarious because, like, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Do you not get it? Like, I, so, husband can confirm that I often will cut my own bangs. 
Um, One time you did it just because I was shaving my face. That was the last time I cut them. And they actually look really good now. Like, they grew out a little bit. I always mess them up when I cut them. Um, because I don't have a cowlick lick. Uh, but my hair will spring up if it doesn't have enough weight to it. Um, and so I'll like trim it where it's laying and it'll be like the right lip and then it'll bounce up because it'll get more body and <laughs> it'll come up like an inch and I'm just like, no. Anyway, and I get it. Like ruining your hair sucks. And when your hair is not what you want it to be, it sucks. And I, he's not being dramatic. Like if I could summon the powers of darkness, I would summon the powers of darkness. Would you not summon the powers of darkness when you mess up your hair? You're silly. But yeah, no, like, it's okay to be upset about something like that. Especially if it's somebody else's fault because they moved your stuff. You know? Hmm. I think I like, I think Calcifer was probably, like, my favorite character just because Billy Crystal and, like, Childhood uh, Monsters, Inc. But yeah, like, I really enjoyed his character, though, too. I, I like Cal- Calcifer a lot. We have, um... A Calcifer Christmas tree ornament. It's not really an ornament, but, like, we made it into one. Yeah. So, anyway, did, um, unless you had anything else, I was going to go ahead and wrap this up. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, have you thought about what one we want to do next? Uh, Kiki's, right? Yeah, hopefully I don't sleep through it this time. I swear it's not an intentional thing. I've tried watching it so many times. And I think it's probably because we watch it later at night but like i'll just fall asleep so like hopefully this time i'm gonna force myself to get through it like i will stay awake for this so that we can review it. it'll be like literally i'm seeing it for the first time it's gonna be fun um i'm excited because i have a lot of childhood memories associated with kiki's and my brothers and i will make references to kiki's all the time like anytime we make pancakes we'll just look at each other and be like i'm gonna eat pancakes and i'm gonna get and we'll just dissolve into laughter, and husband will look and be very confused. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so this has been fun talking about this. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I guess we'll just go ahead and say goodbye. My name's Alex. I am Amanda. And this has been What Mean.